Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host of the DTB, I am Colton G. Today on the show, we are joined by Deep House DJ Jack Man Jones. Oh, you may have heard that name recently from our conversation with Melodica. But now, now it's time to get the Jackman journey, the Jackman story, starting from a New Year's resolution to become a DJ back in 2010, all the way to charting four different times in the top 100 on a track source in the deep house genre, including breaking the top 10 once as well. We are going to dive into Jackman's latest track with the incredible Cole Lawton of Deep Fix Recordings. It was released on Deep Fix's most recent compilation album, which is full of bangers. And we are going to dive into this groove itself. We're also going to take a dive into a couple of shows that Jackman happens to produce, happens to host, including his podcast, The Groove Station, and his live broadcast, The Mac Jones Broadcast. We're going to be diving into all of this and oh, so much more. In today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, and it is all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com, where you go to copy yourself something to represent the show everywhere your beautiful face goes. Oh, yes, and now that you know who the show's brought to you by, now that you know who the guest is, I think it's about time that we jump into this conversation with... Jack Man Jones, let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. We are here with DJ Jack Man Jones. You may have heard the name before from our conversation with Melodica, as he was once one half of that crew. Today, we're here to get his journey, his story. Thanks for joining me here today, Jack Man Jones. Thank you. And speaking of that, um, I don't know if uh, Mel told you, but we had uh, a launch party. I think it was about two years ago, two, no, sorry, three years ago at Club 120 here in Toronto for Crossout's first album. And I happened to be wearing the shirt that I was wearing that night. So I believe uh, I believe this month is the end of the three year anniversary of that show. So mm, that's uh, some pretty strong connections then here. I love it. I love it. Have you happened to hear uh, Mel and KO's new track yet? Yes, I did. I love it. I love it. It's so catchy. Yeah, it's it's a little something different from what they've used to do. So I'm still trying to get used to what they're doing now as compared to what I was doing with them back then. But I'm really happy for what they're doing right now. So I got I got no complaints. I'm glad they're doing their thing right now. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's a it's a journey, right? It's we all grow. We all find new sounds and we move in different ways. And we're here to talk today about how how this journey went for you, my friend. So you ready to jump on into it? Let's do it. All right. All right. So first off, I just want to, we got to talk about the path to get there. So I see that beginning of DJing for you 
was a New Year's resolution. So yep. what was it about DJing that you were like, I, right, you know what? I need to make this decision to put this change into my life. Um, okay, so you gotta go back to when I was in my clubbing days. I always had a respect for DJs. In fact, I knew a lot of them still do to this day. Uh, probably more so now than I'm in the industry. Um, so I met this guy who is one of my mentors, DJ, with uh, started from scratch back in the day. So I met him, ironically, at a salsa party because he was playing something that was different from what I was used to. I, that's a whole other story altogether. But um, I just thought the stuff he was playing was great. So I went and introduced myself to him. And then we got to find out that we had a lot of things in common. Uh, not just dance, but also musically inclined as well, too. So I started emceeing at some of his parties that he was doing. And then uh, it was one, there was one night we did a birthday party for this one guy that we knew. And what happened was he asked me to bring a laptop with some songs on uh, songs on. Uh, I had it on a little MP3 player, which, by the way, MP3, MP3 players before the iPods back in the day or whatever. So. And what happened was the birthday boy got drunk and knocked over the um, hard drive. It was a one terabyte hard drive that that Duck had. So I literally had to play for four hours with 500 songs on this on this uh, MP3 player. So that was my first ever taste of actually having to play music. Had no idea what I was doing. But then it got me thinking, like, you know what? I think maybe I'd like to try this. So I had a conversation with Duck in his car. Uh, about 10 days before New Year's. And I said to him, I said, listen, man, I want to try this. I want to see if, if I can do it. So he said, okay, you know, I'll help you out. And he did. He taught me a few things. And then I self, then, then I taught myself at a place called the Scratch Lab. And I, worked, I did vinyl. I learned on vinyl. And then after that, I was pretty much on my way. So this pretty much happened uh, about 11 years ago now. This is my 11th year into DJing right Okay, awesome. Awesome. So one thing that I've heard about the industry is that DJs, if they're going to get into it, should definitely get that start on vinyl. So what would you how would you say that was like, what did that teach you? What was that crucial step like to learn? Well, it number one, it taught me to respect the music that you're playing. Well, I also learned that from my second mentor, his name is El Romantico, which I'll get into a little bit later the day i used to actually listen to vinyl from my parents every sunday night they would put a record on didn't matter what kind of record it was on we would listen to it on vinyl so i kind of knew the appreciation of listening to what the original vinyl was all about and i used to see djs playing on vinyl so it's like you know what even though at the time even at the time the digital age was still booming still is today but now we've sort of some guys have gone back learn how to mix on vinyl, how to properly, without no sync, no technology, no nothing, just one mixer, two turntables, two records, go to work. That's what I wanted to do, just so I get the basic functions of using my senses and using my hands and, and all that. And then that just, you know, put me in the spot that I am today, because I say this to everybody, always learn off of vinyl first, because then you'll understand what it's like to mix two records together. So actually, to actually take people on a musical journey, I would say that that's that was the one thing I learned from uh, from spitting on vinyl. 
Okay, okay. So we've mentioned your work with production with Melodica, and of course you've done a lot of production this last year, but when was it that you actually first got into production of songs itself? And was it a remix first, or was it one of your own original tracks? Okay, so the first ever song I did was a remix uh, for a Montreal artist. I think she's still around. The name sort of escapes me, but she had contacted me to do this song that she was doing an EP, she was doing an EP party for in Montreal. And, and um, it was sort of a disco-y type of song. Uh, it's actually on my SoundCloud right now. If you actually scroll all the way down, it's like the very first song there is there. Um, so I did that, and that was my first taste of actually doing that kind of music production. I actually self-taught myself because the person that was supposed to teach me never got to do it. I, I hooked up with another school, and the guy was never there because he was always doing something else. Like I would literally travel from one end of the city to the other to learn music production, and then he wasn't there. So I decided to learn myself. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I just wow. that I know it's like you pay good money and you travel like halfway across the city to go and learn this, and then the guy's not even there. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to teach myself. So I went and bought what's called the machine from Native Instruments. I still have it to this day. I still use it. And I self-taught myself how to do everything. So, and I'm still learning because there's still so many different ways you can do production. So I'm still learning. But um, that was the first song that I ever did. Um, actually, if I can, I'm going to try and see if I can look it up. I'll tell you what it is. But uh, yeah, that was the first one. So I think that was 2013, I think. I believe it was. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first one I did. And then it led to a few other remixes to a few other artists. And then my first ever song I ever did was um, something called Lifting Me Higher. And that was something I just wanted to try. It didn't really get a much notoriety, but it's on my SoundCloud right now. Which is called Believer, which is out right now, which actually did very well. So, yeah. Okay, well, it's um, very much those learning steps for sure. Even if it didn't do that well, it's that first step towards getting to where you are now and where you will continue to go in the future, for sure. Exactly, exactly. Okay, yeah, the track is called Hot Mess, and it's by Kayla Picard. I think she's in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken. The last I heard of her, that was maybe a couple of years ago. And I think this was this was eight years ago. So, yeah, that was that was my first, first, first ever track I ever did. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we mentioned the uh, Melodica connection. Yes. There. So take us a little bit into that world there. Was that style of music what you had already been creating before this project had started? Yeah, a little bit. But this was this was a lot different because. Um, I had really went outside of my comfort zone at that point. I heard Mel's version of how we met. Now I'm going to tell you my version of how it happened. So what happened was this. I was, I put out an ad, I think it was on TGG or Craigslist saying I wanted to work with different artists. And she was the second one to respond. The first one was a guy that had sent me some stamps or some music. And it was, and I also had created a beat for another artist that, didn't want the beat for some, or he did, or sorry, 
He didn't really care to answer my emails. So I said, okay, whatever. It, it happens to some singers out there who are not big, but for some reason they don't like answering emails. That's just what it is. Some do, some don't. That's just the way it is. So um, I created this song together, which would end up being downtown summer. So what I did was I, I answered Mel's response. I said, listen, let's meet at the Danforth at Starbucks. She came in. And she had this like really cruel magnum look on her face because she had because he had told me initially that she was encountering some shady people in the business, uh, especially guys. I said, listen, I just want you to see if you want to do this track, because that's not that's not my style. That's not what I do. Right. And at the time, I believe I was single anyways, but I was not into I wasn't there to hit on her. I was there to see if I could work with her. And she liked it. And that's when Downtown Summer came about. And I said, okay, I just made this other track. And that became Underwear. She did the lyrics to that. And then we just decided, okay, well, you know what? We kind of work well together. Let's come up with a name as a duo. And let's create more music. So we decided to do the Underwear EP, which took us two years to do. It was a lot of trials and tribulations. But I loved doing it. And um, I did all the music except for... I think the intro she did, and there was another outro she did on, on the EP, but all the, all the music, I did that. She came up, the lyrics were, I got to tell you this about Mel, she's one of the best songwriters I've ever seen, especially in this generation, because she can, she can take a song and put great lyrics on it, and you can relate to these lyrics because it's about life. In terms of just life itself, she knows, especially with the music she's doing now, the lyrics are just unbelievable. So, and I'm, and by the way, I'm really proud of where she's going with the career she's going, especially with the last song she did. And that song, Crazy, that she's coming out with, she had wrote that a number of years ago. So I'm anxious to see how that's going to play out. So, but it, it, it turned out to be the EP. I had so much fun with it and it turned out to be a great EP. It got some notoriety, especially with the college music radio stations and a number of other outlets. So, uh, and then unfortunately, Around that time, I was also doing my own stuff, my first three Deep House tracks that I started doing, in which I was focusing a little bit more on that than the actual group. So I think that's kind of what led to, like, she wanted to go out on her own, and I was doing my own thing. But I had told her before, if she ever wants to work with other producers, other singers, go right ahead. You know, I wouldn't stop her. It's like, it's your, your musical journey. Go ahead and do it. Um, I, at the time when we did split up, I was quite angry about it and i was sad about it at the same time but then a few months later i thought about it, i'm like yeah you know what she was she was right because i was focusing more on my own stuff because i really did want to do my own thing as well um now it's not to say that we won't get back together and do another track or an ep or whatever it could happen again never say never right um for me my my direction is now going more into the house realm and especially now this year, as I'm now journeying into Soulful House, because I'm working with two different singers on two different tracks now. But uh, like I said, never say never as to what can happen in this music business, because you never know who you're going to meet. And you never know what you'll come up with. Oh, absolutely. And you can see Mel herself, too, even has recently started doing top lines on other EDM tracks as well. So what's to say that you guys can't work together in the future? Yeah, exactly. Um, and she's known as a, uh, a junior bender, as she likes to call herself. So, you know, um, with with her, 
I'll, I could be just like this. I'll just put a put a track together. Be like, here, see what you can do with it. And she'll just come up with lyrics. And I'm like, okay, good. Let's do it. Let's roll with it. So um, I would love to work with her again. That's you know up to her. But you know, at this point, I'm also happy with the direction I'm going right now. And the year I had last year was like my sort of my resurrection year because the year before that and the year before that they were okay, but they weren't so great. But last year was a complete resurrection for me. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about that there then, because you were Mr. T dot before and, and you come out of melodica and now you're Jack man Jones and you start doing the deep house, which here in this last year, you've really found a groove for yourself in this, in this niche. So how has this uh, last year been for you? As you say, it's been quite a uh, record setter, quite the uh, raising the bar. What happened was, and this did not, this didn't just happen me thinking about it. This happened on a whim. I was actually in a mall with my mother and I saw the store Jack Jones. And I had been told by many people that maybe I should change my name because Mr. T-Dot sounds a little bit more urban, sounds a little more local. And I just kept thinking Jack Jones and then Jack Man Jones. And it just popped in my head. And I was like, okay, that's my name from now on because it's got more of a worldwide appeal. And this happened before the actual, <laughs> I, I apologize to Mel for this when I, when I did this, but I felt I had to change the name because it just didn't appeal. Like Mr. T-Dot, I enjoyed being that for eight years, but it just didn't appeal. And I had to move forward and Jackman Jones was born. And uh, I'm not sure if that was another reason for the breakup. I hope it wasn't, but um but that was, you know, that, that was something that just appeared and I just felt it had to be done. It was either going to get done then or it was going to get done later. So, well, let me let me start off from from 2019. Uh, 2019 wasn't my greatest year personally or professionally. And um, I was stuck in a job that I literally wore me out. Like I was so stressed, so worn out. I had recorded two tracks with a spoken word artist by the name of Chris Hercules. And I we recorded them, but I never really got to like actually getting them mastered and getting them out there. So around the end of 2019, I ended up getting a brand new job, which sort of, should we say, raised my spirits quite a bit. I felt like I had this more energy because I wasn't coming home late. I was coming home at a decent time and I had more time to do things. So I was just like, okay, now I think I'm going to make a goal for it this, you know, 2020. And also, I had a really, really bad New Year's Eve gig, which sort of like set everything off in motion for 2020. So I was just like, okay, now I'm just going to concentrate doing this type of music, this type of thing. And the first two songs, which was Deeper and Bounce to This, you know, got a, that was my first notoriety in the track source. People started noticing, oh, by the way, where you been? That type of deal. So, and then it just led to three other songs, which was Believer, You Want It. Um, and go ahead, which were all part twos of previous tracks that I did, uh, except for go ahead. Go ahead, it was a brand new one, and they all got signed and and were on their way. And then all the other stuff that I did this year, and then be towards the end of last year, I had seven tracks signed for this year. So it, it yeah, it's just been one thing after another. Like I just decided to make the biggest push ever because I really wanted to be in the house music genre and it's, it's worked out so far. And now, like I said, I'm now going into soulful house and I'm working with singers for the first time since melodica. 
which was, you know, 2018 where we broke up. So this is another journey I'm going into now. And then I'm meeting more and more new DJs and all that stuff. So uh, 2021, I think it's going to be an even better year. Awesome. Awesome. And it's come to a, a very good start, too, as you've had your second collaboration with one Cole Layton for Deep Fix Records. Like you said, you've had numerous songs signed. So what has it been like to not only to get to work with more vocal artists, but now you're starting to collaborate with more DJs as well. So what is it like to sort of mix it up in that style? Uh, well, especially with Cole Lawton. Cole Lawton right now is one of the best deep house producers in the world. Like He's everywhere. He's signed to many, many different labels. His songs are always charting on TrackSource or on Spotify. Uh, his musical knowledge is out of this world. So working with him was a challenge because I had not worked with a guy of his caliber, but he really sort of helped me raise my game a little bit. And the first one we did, um, which went, I believe, the, 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 first, the, the first VA, as I call it, the Various Artists album, went to number 34 on the TrackSource Top 100. And our song went to number four on the pre-order chart and then debuted at number 26 in the Deep House. And then my own songs, I've had four top 100s on TrackSource, and I've had many other mentions on TrackSource as well, cracking certain other charts. And this, this second one, London Time Darling, uh, right now I, I think it's number 59 of the top, deep, top 100 Deep House, and the EP now is at number 19. So we've reached, so as a label for the first year, we finally cracked the top 20 in the top 100 albums, which is an amazing accomplishment. So, and, and the amount of talent that's in Deep Fix right now spans the entire world. I think I'm the only Canadian guy, but, but other than that, um, it's, it's just been a journey with these guys and, and they literally, they literally care about their artists. They try to help everybody out. They've helped me out tremendously. They've helped out a number of new artists tremendously as well. And also for the first, and also I should say this, I found out last year that South Africa has a huge house scene. As a matter of fact, one of the singers I'm working with is from South Africa. And, and I've managed to even meet a number of DJs from South Africa as well. And I've also put them on, on my podcast called The Groove Station. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a wild ride, I would say, for 2020 and even now 2021. But it just keeps going up and up and up for me. And I'm, I'm really happy that I made that 19. All right. All right. So you mentioned that you have charted for quite a few times in this last year, which as an artist who it's pretty big, your label too, having only just started last year, for them to be breaking these numbers as well is pretty big. So to have this success within the house genre now, does that sort of just motivate you more to push forward into this genre? As I see that you're not only doing Groove Station now, but you're also doing the Mac Jones uh, broadcast as well. So you're just continuing to push forward. So is that just because of this success that's just making you like want to go more for it? Well, absolutely, it does. Um, it, it's for me. It just motivates me. I want to do more. I want to do more with other artists. You know, I want to do art more with producers, DJs, stuff like that. Um, I also want to help put other DJs and producers on the map because last year, so much great music came out in the house music genre. 
And a lot of these guys that I've met or become friends with on Facebook, I found that these guys have been doing it 20, 30, 40 years. Some guys have been doing five years. Some guys have been doing it a year or six months. Uh, one guy who I communicate with in Colombia right now, and he used to be a big name in the mainstream, but now he's moved into house this year. And his songs just keep charting all over the place, and he's signed to many different labels. And I do talk to him once in a while, you know, and we actually did a uh, collaboration together, which is coming out this year on More Than House Records. And also the other labels, too, like More Than House and Collusion and Deep Fix and um, uh, Thursday Tracks, Trademark Tracks, and many others that are brand new from last year are starting to literally get noticed. They're starting to come up on that level, like, say, Tool Room or Defected um, or even um, Phoenix or Cinema Black. So, or even Space Disco right here in Toronto. So there, there's a lot, there's a room for more people to be successful in the house music, different styles, people and all that stuff. So there, there's room for anyone who wants to make a push in it and just really get their name out there. Um, but if you, you talked about the Groove Station a little bit, I started the Groove Station actually three years ago. I started in 2018. Um, it was a evolution from another show I used to do called the Wednesday night shakedown, which was every Wednesday night for two hours at 7 PM. And just to do a live show every Wednesday night was a chore and a half. And I wanted to sort of scale it back a little bit. So with the groove station, I started just doing exclusively on Mixcloud. started going into different live stations like uh, house music radio, which does no longer exists. And a couple others in the UK I had, but uh, there were some scheduling conflicts, so I just put it back on Mixcloud, which still does very well. And the Mac Jones broadcast was something that I had been avoiding because I wanted to stay away from live streams because there's so many of them in 2020 because of what's been happening out there in the world today. But I kind of wanted to do it in the form of the group station where I was featuring different DJs from all over the world but in a live format. So in a way I get to do it, I get to do it once a month myself, but I get to feature other DJs from all over the world. And, I've, and like just the last one we featured was Ron Allen from, from here in Toronto. He has a label called Strobe Life Records and they've been around for 30 years. So they're celebrating the 30 year anniversary and the set he dropped was amazing. So, um, so doing those type of things, I like doing, I like putting those guys out there in that format where people from the world can see that. Um, so those are things that I like doing, but of course, in terms of production, I still want to do more. I still want to keep going and keep doing stuff. You know, uh, it sometimes it gets a little overwhelming, but I love it very much. Okay. Okay. So as you say, you've got more production on the way you've got the Mac Jones broadcast, the, uh, Groove Station is going to be making a return very, very soon. By the time this episode drops, it might have already returned. What else does Jackman Jones possibly have going on here in the future here in 2021? Well, for now, it's just like the Groove Station actually has returned. It's actually on my Mixcloud right now. The latest episode, I just uploaded it right now. So, yeah. Oh, dang. And then there's another one coming up next week with Fred Decker from Greece, who is another big name artist, big name uh, house music artist. And he mostly does deep and soulful house, but uh, just an amazing artist. So he actually 
got in contact with me and says, hey, I know you got two platforms. Do you mind if I drop a set? I said, of course, why not? So, you know, I have no problem saying, you know, with a person of his caliber, of course, I'm going to you know, go right ahead. So uh, for now, it's just creating more music and and still continuing on with the Groove Station and Mac Jones broadcast. I'm probably going to scale back the Mac Jones broadcast a little bit, especially in the summertime, because more people are going to be out. And the Groove Station will still be every two weeks or every second and fourth uh, Sunday of the month. Um, I was this year supposed to start a label, but unfortunately with running a label takes a, a tremendous amount of time and effort. So I'm not really, I just decided I'm not there yet. I'm not there as of yet. And uh, whenever, um, you know, we get back to normal, obviously I want to start doing festivals and what have you. I'm doing guest spots here and there for various different live streams and whatever, which I enjoy, but I just want to get back in front of a crowd, man. That's what I want to be doing. I want to see how the people react to the music as you're playing it, not as they type it. And then it's, oh, can somebody relay me this feed, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully we can get back to live shows soon because I would love to be uh, in one of those crowds jamming out to a Jackman Jones set, no doubt. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jackman. We have had a fantastic time chatting so far. I've got one last question, though. I'm sure you've heard it already from the Melodica interview. Are you ready for it? Go ahead. All right. So we've talked about your growth as a musician moving into the Deep House movement, finding success in this genre. So over these past few years of moving in to this movement and everything else, how has this helped you grow as a person or what has it helped you learn about yourself? Well, I, I look at it this way. Um, in this industry, you're going to have really good people and you're going to have really bad people. Um, doesn't matter if you're mainstream, if you're in house, or if you're an independent artist, you're going to be encountering different kinds of people. I always say associate yourself with people who bring you up here, not people who bring you down here. So I choose to be with people who always bring me up here, whether it's with Deep Fix or whether it's with, uh, you know, uh, artists from South Africa or wherever. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, a person that likes to build bridges, not walls. You know, I, I like to bridge those relationships and bridge relationships, you know, introduce these people to other people I know. So we have this sort of interconnecting community of musicians, artists, and not just that, but fans and DJs and what have you, because we're all in this for the music. That's what it is. So for me as a person, um, I, like I said, build bridges, not walls, be kind to one another if you can. And, um, you know, keep making the music. That's what it is. We, we got to keep this art form alive and house music has been around since the mid 1980s. And a lot of people, back then said it was dead. No, it's very much alive. It's been alive for a long time. It's going to continue to be alive as long as we have the DJs and the artists and the singers and the people supporting this kind of genre. I, I love the uh, build bridges, not walls freaking analogy there that I mean, that just I love it because it's it is you want to build a network. And that's a beautiful way to put that. And 
Once and secondly, house music will never die, baby. No, just just like they said, rock and roll is dead. Rock and roll is still alive. Disco never died, by the way. Um, you know, I think I think pretty much all kinds of music, whether you like it or you don't, is still going to be alive as long as there's a, a big support network of DJs, artists, musicians, as well as the fans that love it. So as long as you keep that network and we keep building those bridges, then um, you're going to get to see um a lot more camaraderie and a lot less jealousy and competition and and that's the thing i i'm not i've never entered a remix or dj competition just for that because i used to be in a dance competition and i know what it takes to win and you have to be at a certain mindset and i don't want to be at that mindset i'd rather work with people rather than compete with them that's that's sort of the thing there's there's other people that have the different Mindset, oh, I want to compete, I want to be number one to them. And that's fine. They want to do that's fine. But that's not how I work. And I think with me connecting with DJs from across the pond or, or across another continent or another country, um, I think it's helped me with that. And then also still keeping the connections here in Toronto as well. And even across Canada and the United States. So um once we once a lot of more people start getting into that mode of trying to connect those bridges and not creating those walls, then like I said, you're going to see a lot more camaraderie than competition. Absolutely. It's as they say, uh, rising tides raise all ships. Yes. And, and especially with platforms like this, like desert tiger and uh, many other podcasts or interviews, interview or shows and something like that. Once again, that also helps to build more of those bridges and more of those relationships as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we can continue to, do that growth here today thank you so very much jackman jones for joining me here on the desert tiger podcast you're welcome great to be here man great to be here ambush i hope that you enjoyed this conversation with jackman jones as we dove into his journey as a DJ, as well as that new collaboration with Cole Lawton, and you can find it as well as that various artist compilation on Beatport, track source as well as a, your favorite music streaming service. When you're there, hit follow, because you know that Jackman Jones has more music coming your way. And you know what? I think we can make Jack Amanda Jones chart a few more times than he did last year. Last year was four, so what can the new record be? Ooh, we shall see. And with that, I now have to give Jack Man Jones a, a big ol' roaring DTP thank you for joining us here on the show. Jackman reached out to me on my Instagram at desert.tiger.pod and we were able to hook this conversation up. I want to go ahead and thank German from yourpodcasteditor.com for making the episode sound so good. And I want to thank you, The Ambush, for tuning into this episode of the show. If you have yet to join up with The Am, it's as easy as hitting follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app or service. You can share this episode with your friends, your family, on your social media. You can review the Desert Tiger podcast with a big old five stars on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. And you can head to DesertTigerMerch.com 
to copy yourself something and to represent the show every way your beautiful face goes. And now it's about time that we say goodbye, but not before I let you go with this. Go out and find your mountaintop, your oasis, the thing that makes your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity. Find your roar and then let that bad boy out into the world and show him just how powerful, how wondrous, and how beautiful you and your roar are capable of being because you are all three of these things and oh so much more. And until next episode, bye-bye, Ambush. The Desert Tiger Podcast.